Hello and welcome back to Blank Explained to You. I am West, your co-host. And I am Drew, the other co-host. And we are back with another smashing episode. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the Stanford Prison Experiment, which is a very, uh, what, disturbing uh, case, you could say. Um, but before we do that, uh, two, a couple things. First off, you can find us now on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Audible, Apple, or Amazon Music. So we're available everywhere. Please follow us and like us. Give us good reviews so that we can be found and people like us and discover the podcast more. Um, so, Drew, if you want to start us off, Drew has a fun question, he said. so. Yeah, so I've been asking people this, you know, randomly, like at work and whatever, among friend groups and stuff. Um, if you had a resume to present that was like how cool you are, right? What's the <laughs> coolest thing you have on your resume and what's the least cool thing you don't want people to know about? So not work-wise? Like, no, just like, <laughs> it, I just, you know, like the coolest thing I did was probably like ride a motorcycle and have tattoos. Like that's pretty high on like my resume, you know, pretty low would be like, I used my Bowling Green account that's expired <laughs> to steal research and <laughs> I spent an hour and a half reading about the amygdala for fun. Um, that's coolest, pretty low. Being homeschooled, pretty low. Coolest, so. coolest resume fact. Um, that's a... Favorite question. And it's a I'll, resume of coolness. Though, okay, okay. Oh, like, right, right. I'm trying to think of what's cool about me, and it's hard. Um, uh, I don't know. What do you What do you think? <laughs> Nothing comes to mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Probably that I coolness factor that I can. Yeah. Oh, that I wrote a, a probably I wrote a play. It's probably yeah. the only cool thing that I would say. Like your like film stuff and the play, like that's all pretty. It, yeah. I mean, theater is like a very good up and down. If you're too <laughs> See, into theater, so, you're going right, straight man. down. Calm down. <laughs> you know, I did a play. Okay, that's a cool okay, point. Okay. I've done seven plays. Uh, from, yeah, your coolness factor goes away. We we also agreed that playing pool. You know, being better than your friends is a cool point. Yeah, being for sure. really good at pool kind of. I don't know, bro. Well, you know, yes, it gets being back moderate, to neutral. Being moderate, you know? being better than your friends at pool is impressive, yeah. but being like. Really into pool and like going to like tournaments. Like if you win tournaments, like you're yeah. going back down to neutral territory. But know? if you're good at golf, now that's where you're cool. Golf is the same. <laughs> if you <laughs> if you can beat your friends, you're kind of. Cool, it's definitely you the know? same. Um, you dabble, but yeah, yeah. I'd say probably right that I wrote a play, um, with lots of help, and that yeah, all that stuff because that's something not that's not ordinary. So I feel like people are like, oh, that's so cool. That's fun. But everything else yeah. I do is, bruh. everything else I do is probably pretty ordinary. That not you know isn't like. Oh, I work in IT. Oh my gosh. Oh my, you work in IT, bro? Like, I don't own a business. I have a podcast. That might be cool. <laughs> but if you're too into podcasting, uh, it, see, the only way podcasting is cool is if you have lots of listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other, any other time it goes, it's like, oh, you got a podcast with three listeners? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, since, since we have so many listeners right now, all, what have we got? 50? Yeah, what, something like that. What are we we, we have t- like 86 total listens yeah. on Spotify alone. Which is so. impressive. It's decent for the what week and a half it's been out. I think that I sh- we, should pro- we should be proud of that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening, and please c- continue to listen. Tell so, your friends if you have any, and if you don't, keep <laughs> listening to our podcast. Yeah, you'll, you'll totally make friends if you listen to our podcast. Now, what's your least cool thing, though, for your The least cool thing about me is that I – what's lame? I don't know. Um <laughs> 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 um, probably 
What? Well, I don't know. That's not, uh, maybe I was homeschooled. I don't know. That's pretty. Yeah. Not again. I I'm a oh. fan of home. Celiacs. Oh, that's true. I have celiac disease. <laughs> that's pretty bad. You know, I'm a fan of homeschooling, but boy, was I homeschooled. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You kicked out my treehouse. Okay. So the <laughs> so dude's about to tell you a story that did not happen ever, but he is convinced that it did. So go ahead, Drew. Tell him your dumb story. Uh, so long story short, I had like two boards screwed into this like branch of a tree. Uh, uh, he calls it a treehouse in quotation marks. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Not a treehouse. Yeah. And it was just a board screwed in, and it was like a chair that I could sit in, and it was very <laughs> un- <laughs> unstable. <laughs> And it had um, another board screwed from the bottom so that it was on, like, it was standing up. You know, it had support under it. So screwed into the tree on the side, and then on the bottom was a pole, and I could just sit in it. And Wes is like, oh, no, this thing's going to fall. Bam, kicks it down, and the whole thing fell apart. <laughs> the, reason, the reason it fell was because of me. That's why it was going to fall. Right. Maybe save me from a broken neck, but also was, kicked down my tree. I was looking out so. for your life, Drew. I knew, I knew that <laughs> it wouldn't last and that you needed some... Uh, you need some tough love. So you admit it. No. <laughs> I, I plead the fifth. I plead 53. <laughs> Making up laws over here. Um. Uh. Yeah, That's that story, I don't remember. Drew seems to love to bring it up, but I've never... The only story I remember is the one time... Not the only story, but a story I remember <laughs> is the one time we were playing Minecraft, and my brother John killed me, and we were at your house. And I was so mad. He kept killing me over and over and over again. I got so mad. I yelled at him. I said, if I can't kill you in the game, I'm going to kill you in real life. So I jumped across the couch at him. And I didn't. Well, it was, so I was on the couch and he was on like an armchair. I jumped across him, knocked over like a glass and like broke a glass at Drew's house. It was so funny. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, there Back goes the track. fun. Yeah. So Stanford Prison Experiment. Drew has a book, too, about it that he... Everything I will say comes from this book. Um, Philip Zimbardo did write the book. So, I mean, it's really first. He is the person who conducted the experiment. So it's all in his bias and knowledge. There's no secondary research from this. Um, There are other books and things, I believe, interviews from the people who are in it who had different opinions on it. I would probably tend to agree with them more than Zimbardo. Well, what is his pre- but, his preface is kind of um, his preface is very much like well, it wasn't super ethical, but we learned a lot. So, so I'm sorry, it? but I'm right. Yeah. Um, and it's just not the greatest. Um, what's more disappointing is that we had an institutional review board approve this study, and then so, so let's let's talk what 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 I kind of don't know a lot. So what. Ha- like what was it yes. what happened tell us a little backstory on how the guy was like oh we should do this and then yes. what it even was so Zimbardo and some of his colleagues decided we need to they got a grant to, um, to research antisocial behavior and they wanted to test you know what kind of influences this behavior is it um, depersonalization is what does it, that mean depersonalization um, like to take away what makes a specific person individual. Okay. So if I say like I hate all people named Wes, yeah. I don't, you know, just hate you. I hate the concept of Wes. Okay. Um, and you can do it like a lot of times it happens in war, right? Mm-hmm. We hate the French now, so go kill the French. They're not people. They're not you right. Know, it is the French, and they'll usually come up with terms like slang terms and whatever just to depersonalize to fight in that war. Yeah. 
Um, and that is an effective method. It happens a lot in our society. It's less in wars. It's more in like criminals. You know, we're very much like we call people monsters and criminals and bad guys. We use terms like that that will take away the idea that you are a person. In a lot of cases, a person who made a bad choice. Yeah. There are some bad people. It's off topic, mm -hmm. but that is a time you'll see our most of our modern depersonalization comes in that realm of bad people. Sure. Um, so he wanted to see how depersonalization influences um, antisocial behavior. And antisocial behavior is defined as things that are um, unacceptable socially. So aggressive acts against one another. Um, any type of crime is considered antisocial. Anything that is outside of a normal or acceptable behavior, whether it's socially or morally or both, that is antisocial behavior. Mm -hmm. um, so then he took away personalization of the guards as well. So they played a role of guard. They didn't use their names, right? Well, they might have been guard blank, but it was very specific on you were not friends with Whatever. So to depersonalize them, he didn't use any names. They used numbers. Was this in an actual prison? No. They this said it um, based off of – I just read it. They based off of a, a local prison. They went and doored it, looked around, got some of the stuff. And, and so it was in their own like private facility? They used people the that basement work. of the psych building in Stanford, I believe. Okay. Um, I know it was the basement of one of their buildings. And there. it wasn't actual – it they, wasn't real criminals or anything. It just random no. people that volunteered. So – um, they said we'll pay you fifteen dollars a day for two weeks. Worth it. To do <laughs> when was this? And at the time, what nineteen seventy-two? Okay, seventy-three. It was a while. So that was a lot of money. I mean, it was yeah. five thousand dollars in salaries, um, and equivalent today. That that's a good amount of money. So, um, people um, applied for this newspaper ad and said, "Hey, I'll come sit in the basement for $15 a day. Sounds good. They screened out over a hundred applicants and took, um, 14. Okay. And they designated seven of each for guards and prisoners. So um, seven guards, seven prisoners. Yes. And yep. then the guards rotated shifts. The prisoners stayed the whole time. Um, which, so, kinda... so at the time there were like three guards, on duty is that what you're yeah, saying three or four I like think. like that and then they did 12 yeah okay so, so it's kind of they switched guards back and duty, forth yeah. yeah um so then the prisoners had to stay the whole time the guards didn't which kind of sucks if you're getting paid the same right and staying twice as long because the, the guards i mean all the mistreatment stuff is well deserved like you should not be paid the same yes um so they set up this fake jail based off of the real local jail in the basement of this psych building mm -hmm. and then they just kind of they said, hey, you are guards. Your job is to make sure they know they're prisoners and that, you know, um, they're prisoners. So keep them here. And then the prisoners were referred to by numbers instead of names. That was the first act. They wore uniforms as guards and prisoners. Right. And those two things aren't like a super big deal, but they're little things that played so, into this so de individualization. It started off as – I just want to make sure I understand this mm – -hmm. um, it started off as just seven prisoners, and there was seven guards, like three or four at a time. And the guards said, guards were told they're like just play the act of a. Were they encouraged to like, you know, yell at them and beat them up or anything, or were they just kind of told, hey, were encouraged to call them names, like you like, little stinker butt, 
Yeah, pretty right, much. But, but more pretty aggressive. Uh, <laughs> hey, you stinker butt. Oh, no, I'm going to tell my mom about this. And that was the Stanford prison experiment, everyone. In summary, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, they actually they also had the police come and again I haven't read this book in a while, which is bad of me. I reviewed some of like the summary yeah. and stuff, but they had police come and they arrested the people without telling them. So once you applied for this job, they didn't say anything. They just picked you up and arrested you, huh. brought you to this prison, and that was it. And they're like, "Oh, cool. I think I applied for this." The prison. So the Sounds prisoners good. They didn't know like why they're being arrested. And they even said, like, they had a conversation. Should we tell them? And he's like, no, they applied two weeks ago. They'll remember. <laughs> okay. Uh, they did so, not. Weird. So they went yeah. and arrested everybody. Um, brought them here. And then the guards were pretty much told, like, they were never told these stories. They get, were given a baton. They never had any weapons or tasers or OC or anything. They were never told to be, like, physically aggressive or anything. They were kind of just told it's okay to be mean to them. They're the prisoners. They should know it. Yes. Um, and... To kind of lay on, uh, I think the social um, aspect, like societal aspect of it, plays a big role too. In the 70s, a very much tough on crime approach was prominent. Um, just coming out of that 60s and a lot of things there, we fell into this criminals are these bad people and we have to treat them like they're bad people so they won't be bad. Right. Right. So, not um, much is like So, the idea now, when we see it, we. Not everybody, but it seems like our society is a little bit more compassionate towards crime in some ways good, in some ways bad, but that wasn't the case at the time. So that also, if you're saying, hey, go be a prison guard now, people probably wouldn't act the same. Um, Zimbardo would disagree, and he says, you know, this study proved that in a position of authority, everybody is bad, and it's not really the case. Um, So then they have them there for... Seven days total. It was supposed to be 14, and then they ended it. So they had, like, the first couple of days were mostly fine. Like, they'd argue. The um, prisoners were very, like, rebellious and just sassy a lot. And, I mean, they didn't want to be there. And then after three days, I believe, they're like, okay, I quit. The prisoners quit. I, yes, I don't want to be in this study anymore. Let why, me go. Why did they want to quit? Um the psychological abuse is a lot and they didn't want to like the guards were very mean i mean it was a lot of name calling a lot of like there was some pushing and shoving but nothing crazy um but it was just like a lot psychologically they do isolation a lot they would um wake them up randomly all the time so they could never sleep you know just a lot of like really mean things on purpose to be mean and, and, and were the guards encouraged to do that or was that just them acting out of once he started he said you're the guards do whatever you want. And let him go. There was no supervision there. And they actually progressively got worse. There was one specific person that was really bad, and no one stopped him. Hmm. And at one point, I think it was the third or fourth day, he hit someone with his baton. And they're yeah. like, oh, that's not good. And no one stopped him, you know. So um, it just led to a progression. Without that one person, I don't think it would have been so bad, you know. And it, it the study... What he tries to say is, like, good people always become bad because of authority and anonymity, maybe. Okay. And, you know, de-individualization. In these circumstances, anyone would be bad. That's not necessarily true because the other four guards, was six, whatever, yeah. wouldn't have escalated there, and we haven't proven that they would. Did they Did you know. they get to the same spot as that one guard? Were the, all the guards in the similar? Not all of them. There was, like, it really seemed like there were two fragile 
boys, you know, who want to try to say, we're doing this. And the other one didn't like to be told he wanted to be in charge. So he would make it worse. And they just one up each other. So there's you two know? people that seemed to kind of, it was just like, um, a fragile ego kind of thing. Yeah. And no one to check that. So it's like, Hey, you're running a lap. And he's like, no, you're running two. We'll make it three. Cause I want to be right. And I'm disagreeing right. with you. And that progression had no consequence. So it kind of just led that into there. When in a general population, you're not going to find that a whole lot, right? Um, so, so three days in, four days in, that people want to quit. He, yeah, and the one guard gets physically abusive, and like, okay, I'm done. So they're like, we want to talk to Zimbardo. Yeah. Excuse me. You're good. And they're like, no, you're not talking to him. And he's the like, guards uh, were like, no. Yeah, and then. They're like, no, you're not talking to him. So finally, one of the guards goes and talks to Zimbardo. He's like, hey, they want to talk to you. And Zimbardo's like, nah. So hmm. um, then after a little long, they try to escape a couple of times. Like, they plan really? a full escape. Tries to run out of the building, gets lost inside. They actually, like, built full cells in here. So it'd probably be pretty hard to get out of this building. Yeah. And you're already in the basement. Right. So he tries to get out, doesn't. They beat him up, and they put him in a cell. Um, they also, like... Stripped people naked and humiliated them. Like, it wasn't just, oh, he called me names. It was genuine abuse. Um, they insinuated, like, pseudo-sexual acts and stuff. Like, a lot of very dehumanizing things were kind of implemented without control. I know that could were done, but they kind of followed with threat of pretty harsh force um whether it was isolation for a full day so or so you're saying that the guards would like penalize people that were trying to yes. be done and leave yeah and then if you didn't listen they would you know beat you up yeah. or and anything so else they did like after that they did like use physical force after a while yeah so after like the third or fourth day i yeah um and then it's like it it got fairly out of hand and then no one really kind of checked it. And then finally he, they said, okay, um, Zimbardo's like, okay, um, you can talk to the judge. That's what he referred to himself as. And then they had them go upstairs and he sat at mm-hmm. a table with a probate essentially. And it had um, his assistant, grad students and stuff as probation advisors and then pretty much told them this is all your fault behave and it's not so bad you're not leaving and didn't let them leave yeah so that was day i believe five and then held them one more day and then they're all like we need to talk to the judge we need out of here and then it was weird because at first like there were a lot of things in a that was the story i guess you know and then on day seven he's like okay this is too bad we're cutting it short zimbardo um Got it short on day seven. So um, that was the story. A lot of the science claims and a lot of what we know is what we'll kind of cover now, I guess. Well, you know. why did he cut it? What was so bad that he thought we should cut it short if he was fine with the some physical of the and psychological abuse was to the point they're like, we think these people are like sick now. I mean, can you go any more on some of the things that were done? Do you know any more? Um, like I, I think making people get naked and humiliating them was pretty far the physical abuse of the pushing and punching like there were multiple fights and altercations between the guards and the prisoners 
isolation is psychologically detrimental for long periods of time. People went on food fasts. I think that was the biggest thing is the one kid is like was threatening to die because he wouldn't eat any food. He food fasted for days and just wouldn't eat anything. Like, if to you force don't eat, him to, yeah, to force he's like, them to be I'm done. not eating until I can leave. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not eating. So they would go on these fasts, like, we'll literally die. You can't do that. That was their only leverage was that because, the, you know, the guard's leverage is isolation, humiliation, everything. All they have is leverage. The only thing they can't do is kill you. So he said, well, I'll die here. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. So that food fast was a big thing. Um, and they put themselves in genuine danger. And I think he kind of had to say, okay, this is too far, which you should have said multiple days before. Um, that food strike was a very big deal, though. I guess to me, I'm going to sound terrible for this, but is the like, if, if I see like an experiment of, I guess, what do I, what do you know going in? Do you know that when you apply that, is all is all that they knew that oh we're just gonna do a test and have prisoners and guards yes and that you're allowed to leave whenever you want that's in every rb so they said you can leave whenever you want and they're like we want to leave and they're like no but they didn't know did they know that they were gonna be like physical not physical but more the psychological side of it they knew that they were gonna be like yelled at and stuff sure because to me i guess assume so if, if i'm writing if i apply to this and oh i'm gonna yell at i wouldn't until it gets physically bad then i'm like, I don't know. Yeah. To me, what was it, it, the... I mean, it was physically bad. But not you didn't say it. You said not until, like, day three or four. Right. Day three. And they quit on day five. Sure. I thought they quit I mean, earlier. No. I mean, the first they day, they're to. like, oh, boo-hoo. Once someone got hit, that's when they're like, okay, food strike. I'm running away. I'm getting out of here. Like, at first, they're just annoyed. Like, they hated these people, you know, because yeah, just... dehumanizing and authority as well also puts animosity there, where you're not looking at, man... Joey's a jerk right now. It's this guard yeah. sucks, and I hate him. I hope he dies right. because I don't care who he is. Right. You know? Because there's no human factor behind right. it. And sure. it, it puts kind of a, yeah, you know, that, that dehumanized perspective. of The best thing we can do to get along is to know each other. Yeah. So in any case that you polarize two parties and you don't have any similarities, right? I mean, even sports teams don't hate each other much because they both love the sport. Right. Right. There's something there. And it happens a lot in sports. Oh, I hate um, Miami fans because Miami's stupid. Right. Okay. I'm generalizing what I don't like. But if I knew you're like, oh, I like Miami. And I'm like, well, I like Wes. He likes Miami. Right. That's I like him a little less, but I know you. And there's yeah. there's no kind of connection there at a human level. And that was a lot of trouble. So, sure. So, what were they trying to test exactly? Like, what were they? What was their? I guess is there like a hypothesis. Hypothesis. That's a great question. The experiment. No. Hmm. There, there was no working hypothesis here, and that's the biggest criticism of the study. Well, second probably <laughs> the, the morals of it. Yeah. Um, it's bad. He pretty much says, "Well, we put people in a room and they acted badly, so people are bad." Right. There was no working hypothesis. There's no measurement. What did you measure? Badness? Mm-hmm. How? What did you measure from the change from the day one to day seven? What was the difference, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's absolutely no... I mean, this is one of the worst experiments I've ever seen scientifically. As in, you know, you just spent all this money. I don't I don't know how you proposed this and got approval. Right. Because the ethics were definitely lied about a lot. 
oh, people are allowed to leave whenever they want. They're going to sit in their cells right. and play prisoners. They didn't say, oh, we're going to make people get naked and, you know, sexually, you know, mm-hmm. do things. To, like, that's bad. Did they sexually abuse, abuse them? No, not like – they um, insinuated, I guess. Like, it was – Yeah, like threatened you know what and stuff. I mean? No, like, to put it simply, they're like – making them hump each other like that's weird true you know what i mean it's but like I, I do that well, I would, you know what i mean that is that um, is yeah okay yeah, yeah. so you know what i mean like that's not you can't put this in a thing and get that approved in the ethics board and then you can't say oh they're not allowed to leave if they try to escape we won't let them right if they refuse mm-hmm. to listen to us and they don't want to eat like none of that's okay and they kind of just said yeah they can leave so now we thankfully have much stricter rules on IRB. Is this what made? No, actually, IRB started in the '60s. This is the '70s, so it's fairly new. Um, I used to know what study started in what's IRB. A, what's an IRB? An institutional review board. There's another term for it in other schools, but any um, place that does research has to get the research approved for the ethics mm-hmm. and essentially safety. So if you want to work with human participants, you have to put in everything that it's a voluntary study and that they can quit whenever they want. If they're giving personal information, that it remains anonymous. All of those rules are set by an institutional review board. Every college has one. Um, There's national ones for like federal research and stuff. There's a whole bunch of them. And it takes six to nine months to get things approved a lot of the time now, Mm. um, which is good, but it can be a pain when you want to do a research project next semester. Um, so yes, that got approved. And then, uh, so, all right. So nobody knows what he's really trying to prove here. Like what his, you know, I'm trying to prove that humans are bad in power. Right. So I don't know how we got the, the Naval forces to fund this research. Um, but they gave him a lot of money for it. They paid $5,000 in salaries. Plus they built this whole thing. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what he said. Hey, people are bad. The money was to study antisocial behavior. But you set up a controlled environment designed specifically to make people act antisocially. And then you were putting your results down as people acted antisocially. Right. Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting, too, if you talk about that, <clears throat> that one guard that kind of spiraled the most. You know, what's, what's your test to say this person was good before... Exactly. And is now bad in this in this position of power. And then they said, oh, we did psychological examinations, and we got rid of anyone who had um, any symptoms or history of anxiety, depression, any mental illness, anyone who had been in jail. They screened out 85-plus people. Right. But if you have any symptoms of anxiety, you're not going to be doing the study. Yeah. I can't be like, oh, man, what if this guy hates me? Let me just beat him up, right? Right, right. So, I mean— depending on how strict you are with that symptoms of anxiety you might have kicked out every sane person put 15 right. people in here who have ego issues yeah and then called a good science yeah so their screening process wasn't randomized at mm-hmm. all and you can say okay we don't want a criminal record i guess that'd be fair because that might put your guards more likely to be violent or whatever you wanted to call that yeah Sure, but why did you screen people who might have symptoms of depression? I mean, that's a lot of people yeah. who represent the general population. So what right. would they do? Right. Right. There's just a million issues with the study. Um, and realistically, I can't say it proved anything. 
I mean, to me, especially with such, uh, considering multiple things, I think the one being that, you know, how, how how am I supposed to say that when your good becomes bad, when you're in power, when there's no, like, what's the set for good, you know? Right. I think that's a big thing for me that I noticed off the bat. I think another thing um, that it, like, oh, I had a good point and I forget it, but, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't think it really proves anything because there's nothing... There's just it's such a small size too. You can't prove fifth with fifteen people unless you did the experiment multiple times with fifteen people every. T- you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but one time fifteen people, like I don't know, or seven people really are the bad ones, right? Yeah. Like how how am I going to say that seven people means that all good people yeah. and bad will become bad? And I would say honestly, two of them were bad, and the other Before. five kind of just did what they told. Sure. So there's a couple things you could argue, and a lot of it we know is. I'll say general information now. Okay. If you study psych, there's been a lot of studies that would get credit for this, but this might have been a good indicator. Um, do you know the studies where they're like, no, that was before this because this book talked about it. Um, I can't think of a name. Yeah. Give me a second. Anyway, there was a lady who got stabbed a bunch of times, and then people would turn on their lights, and then the guy would run away. And then they turn off the lights, and no one called the police. So he came back and stabbed her again. Like the just the thought that oh somebody else is going to do it. The bystander effect, yeah. really. Like, um, there's a lot of these circumstances where people are harmed, and it's clear, and no one does anything because other people are around. Because it's think, kind oh, of like right, that, oh, oh, Drew will you take, know? Drew will call the police. I don't need. So to. he kind of argues, oh, like the bystander effect, because the other five didn't really do anything when they should have. But one of them tried. One of them tried to stop him, and yeah. the guard pushed him. Was like, no, get out of my way. I'm doing this. Yeah. What's he going to do? He has no authority. Right. They're unequal authority. So that doesn't necessarily apply. Because when I'm asking you for help, mm-hmm. like, hey, I need your help. My leg's broken and I need a, you know, ambulance. And you ignore me. You have the authority to make that call. Yeah. There's no question of that. So vaguely applies, but not really. And then he tries to argue... um, That if you flipped the persons, that it would have happened the same way that if the you know the prisoners. But there's really no evidence of that. Yeah, He's like, I mean, we picked the... these ran- these seven at random, but it's like okay, if the one guy who was really troublesome as a mm. guard was a prisoner, would he have still beat people up, beat the guards up? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. How do we know? Yeah, we don't know. We don't yeah. know that it's only because he was a guard. Yeah, we don't know that he doesn't want to beat people up every day. Mm. Like, well, we screened him. I didn't do anything. Yeah. So, um, a couple of the guys were actually like talked after and he's like, Hey, I mean, he really, the one, um, prisoner really bought into this of like, Oh, it was just because of the circumstances that you did this. I would have done the same thing. I never thought I would do that, but here I would have done the same thing. Hmm. You would have done this, you know, and we completely bought into this. And the guy's like, man, I never thought I would do that, but here I did must have been the circumstances yeah and they really bought into this and it made me sad like you can't justify your behavior on oh well i guess you know this guy this doctor guy knows what he's doing yeah um so that was frustrating just all around a bad study and we got nothing from this we found evidence of the same theories we had before of Mm. like hey this is weird because bystander effects right yeah um um, Locke and Hobbes have like the everyone is evil, everyone is good in a perfect sure. world with no 
it falls into a Hobbes perspective of everybody's bad when there's no rules and no one, no connections and no one matters. Mm -hmm. But it still only picks a percentage of people. So a lot of things um, done very poorly about this study. It's disappointing to see. It's good that we learned what not to do, <laughs> but I can't say there was a single good thing to really come out of this. Yeah. And it just it goes into bad science. Plus, what's the um, biggest thing that would put this in science jail, as my professor says? The biggest thing that would put this in science nope. jail? You can never do this. It's science jail. You cannot. Da, 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 ready? You cannot have people in your experiments. I don't know. <laughs> what? They only had boys. Which really? This one does make sense. Really? But if you wanted to actually say this is a good study, you would have to test the effects on women, on women as right. well. And my professor says if you ever do a study and you don't have males and females, you go to science jail. Um, it's a very bad thing to do. So It's very bad to go to science jail. It's it rough in there, I've heard. <laughs> so this is a scientific jail. Science jail means you're bad as hell. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, that, I think that's fair because – and to me, the, I mean, just the biggest thing with science and trying to prove a theory is you need to do it through, um, what's the word? You, you need to you need to be able to do it with with more than just you know a small percentage of a population. So, you know, I think just a human representation of humans isn't fourteen white dudes. You know, it's so much more than that, and I think that is very important and. Scientific studies to try and prove a like it, to make a general assessment about the human population, you need to have a fair like pool of the human uh, population. Exactly, I agree. Sorry, I have notes on what I wanted to look at. Yeah. Um. What was really interesting, a couple more notes on this. Yeah. Is the prisoners actually stopped referring to themselves as their names and picked up their numbers, and when they would journal, they would write down their number instead of their name. So why do you think that is? The dehumanization, I think, was enough for them to, and they all journaled a lot, which that's one thing you did very well. Definitely, like, if you're going to have people in this situation, mm -hmm. know what they think. Don't assume what they think. They're not no, rats. Did, did he give them journals to say, like, hey? They had journals. So they wrote down, um, I keep myself busy by counting, you know, cards and mm -hmm. playing solitaire with my friends, right? And then later on, as they go on, they're like, man, this place is really boring. And then it went on to... Um, they're not going to get to me. They're just playing mind games. It's only a game. It's an mm. experiment. I could do this. I just have to plan my escape. That's what I just read was like yeah. a note. And he said, you know, I have to remember that it's not me and it's not them. It's a game. It's a game. And that mm. slowly faded away of like um, prisoner 3488 and not his name. You know, and that's a big deal. And that is something we did discover is like de-individualization, dehumanization does work on people we find that a lot in like uh, prisoners of war as well mm. and like they will start to pick up on this is me now and right um that was interesting to see so they you know called each other by those numbers they identified themselves as those numbers and they really fell into this game they stopped saying it's a game i'm still me and it was like i'm losing this game and then it yeah. was i'm gonna die here you know like a lot of these escalated or um um, what, what's the word? Ex 
Excellative. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> it es- escalated. <laughs> Is that what you're trying? I thought you were saying like exclaimed yeah. the, no, the. It yeah. escalated. Sure. Um. Yeah. Where's it? Why are we talking about? <laughs> why do we? Why yeah, take we, all your advice from us. We know lots. Um, yeah. We don't. We know everything about everything. But that was part of the progressive, pro- progressive, progressive escalation. Okay. <laughs> was them, you know, identifying with their own prisoner identity and not themselves. Um, so a lot of interesting things that were really, I mean, you can look at it objectively and find a lot of interesting things in this. You can say to yourself, are all people bad in this position? Are they not that bad? Do some people get too caught up in position? Do some people not understand authority well? Are they inherently bad? Was it circumstantial? You can argue these all day for yourself. Yeah. What I did was I looked at what happened objectively. I looked at the reports and I considered Zimbardo wrong. Right. I mean, that's just me. A lot of people do. But, you know, I think it helps. It's a good it's a good way to criticize research, I guess, because you can look at Freud research as well. Mm. And he says, here's the Oedipus complex. You're in love with your mom. Here's why. Yeah, right. And you can say, well, what's your basis? Well, I like my mom. <laughs> that <laughs> doesn't mean much. Oh, well, Greek mythology. I, he blatantly took a Greek mythology story mm-hmm. and said, yeah, that's actually true, guys. And then just published it. And we said, okay, cool. Right. We taught that in schools for 100 years until we're like, wait a minute. This man was actively on cocaine daily. Right. Stayed up for 72 hours writing this theory. Gave no proof of it. And then called it a good day. Right. We, we shouldn't teach it. Yeah. it. Right. So, um, you know, good professors will encourage you to criticize all research. And I mean, some things you can say, I wish they did this, but good enough. It, yeah. Sometimes they don't have time or money. Sometimes they don't think of it. But some of it's just bad research. This mm-hmm. would fall into it if you want to, you know, start criticizing. Look at things like this that are objectively bad and say, what would make this good? Right. So, and there's, I mean, there's things, just things that we can't do in research. Right. Because of the human uh, part in it, right? Yeah. Like, it, it would be interesting to see, you know. Would, you know, the majority of people shoot somebody for money? You know what I mean? Right. Well, we just can't test that because, you yeah. know, that would be very. It's uh, that's the thing. I think there's just there are theories that would be interesting to test. Yeah. But is that something that we can do? No. And there's a reason for that. You know? Right. Yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad. A lot of bad. <laughs> some. <laughs> um. Some is worth criticizing. Even prominent theories have flaws to themselves and you know any any time you look at any research any experiments whatever think of something you would do differently whether it's they didn't have the money for this or they just did it wrong those are two different answers it's not bad research if you can't afford to do more you did what you could it's bad research if you do something wrong right Right. um so ask yourself like what would i do if i had money um and ask yourself, what could they do differently or better? You know, are they wrong? Things like that. Mm-hmm. So, so what's our biggest? What do you think the biggest takeaway from this? Of, like, what do we learn from this study? On is it just you know don't do don't do this? You know, don't don't torture people. You know, or is it something more of? Yeah, I don't know. What do we learn from it? I think from a general public um, perspective and just an importance. The most important thing from this is we need better IRBs, and we got better IRBs. Mm-hmm. Um, the standards for ethics in this are just a lot stronger and higher because of what happened. It's one of those like 
traumatic things that happens that you learn from and you do better from. Is this, is this specifically a case that we saw and we saw how bad it was and that's why we decided to do It was definitely a leading different. one in like why we needed to do better with the IRB. Um, there was one that actually started it in the 60s. Again, I forget the case. Mm-hmm. Ten years later, this is a big one that said, okay, let's do better. And they keep happening. Refine more stuff. Okay, we're not allowed to electroc- electrocute people anymore. They had a heart attack. Right. Okay, do better. Right. Um, now they're a little sensitive, but it's probably fair. I mean, right. <laughs> Rather be. If I ask you any personal information, you like, I have to specifically um, say to you, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. You're free to mm-hmm. leave whenever you want. You don't have to participate. And this is anonymous. Um, if I'm like, hey, what town did you grow up in? Bam, you can walk away and tell me that's right. offensive, you know? Yeah. And it's necessary, but it can be really annoying when you want research. Right, so, right. Um, and then I think from a you know scientific standpoint, the biggest thing to come out of it would be the dehumanization element. The other elements that, I mean, this the story part of this ends on page 167 is the last day. Mm. This is a... 500 page book yeah and he just talks about the theories of like here's what i think happened here's why and a lot of the stuff he pulls from other theories like that one the Um, bystander one yes the bystander one it's gonna drive me crazy the bystander effect that's yeah so that's like one he talks about different theories of like why and then he explains them but the biggest thing that was i will say like new was that people accepted their own identity of losing their identity right i am now 40 28 instead of andrew yeah and um that was a pretty big deal so yeah it's definitely interesting um i think it shows the importance of individualism you know yeah because i think that today it's easy to group you know and and like in a general standout you're saying oh that's just a uh, those penguins those penguins fans suck you know and then you know you actually talk to drew and oh drew's a good guy Right. And it goes so much more, I think, into you know politics or just yeah. anything. It's those I, X are terrible, or I don't like X. But then, it, once you have faces to that, I think it's easy to kind of mm-hmm. see the flaws in that. And it's, I think it's dangerous. Social media is a dangerous game because it's so easy to say that, um, you know, a certain group of people aren't good. Yeah. Because it's so easy to generalize that. Um, because you don't know. You know, have I ever met? A certain person of a certain group, no, yeah. but I see them on social media saying this, blah, 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 you right. know, and I think it's easy to kind of fall in that trap of, you know, these people suck, and then, you know, I meet somebody who has that philosophy, and I go, oh, well, you're not too bad, you know, maybe my philosophy is flawed. Yeah. I think it's specifically um, helpful in our day now to consider that with prison populations. Yeah. Um I, I'm someone. I got my bachelor's in criminal justice. I Drew is actually a, a professional with, prisoner, so he I, knows. I do crimes. If you want crimes done, he's call a professional me. crime guy. Crime guy, Drew. That's what they, uh, they what's call your him. Phone number. <laughs> I'll have them call. <laughs> um, no, but we see it a lot. Like you can even hear these stories. And I interned, and I you know spent time in the jail and stuff. And you'd hear a story about a person, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. that's a terrible person. And then the next day, we'd see him come into jail. And they go through booking, and they sit through this stuff, and then you see that person. Yeah. And you're not like, man, I'm so sorry you're in jail, even after you killed your mom. Like, I'm not. You killed your mom. Right. right? But you're not this big picture of a bad idea. You're still a person now. Right. And it's important. I think we're worst at it when it comes to sex offenders. 
And I will in no way, shape, or form defend sex offenders yes. or say anything is okay. I'm not going to demonstracize them. Yeah. But. Is that a word? Well, monstracizing is. Okay. So okay. I don't know. Sure. We'll, we'll say it is. Um, I'm not going to say, you know, it's okay. But if we say, I hope everyone blank dies, is that helpful? Right. And it's just, and if you think that is, you can hold that opinion. That's fine. But this is a good lesson in considering. Is it bad to dehumanize and group people without ever considering, you know, them as a person? Right. And some people get a label that deserve it. And some people probably deserve some bad things. But some people get that same label and don't. Right. So if you get the label criminal because you went to jail, because you stole bread, because your mom was dying, right? Right. Are you really the criminal? Right. And, um... Again, you could debate this either way. I have I, uh, vague opinions sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. on if we should have felonies be public record. You know, when yeah. I'm applying for a job, should I be, I am a felon for the rest of my life? That's a big deal. Yeah. Yes, I deserve to know if you killed somebody, if right. I'm working with you. But is that labeling more harmful? So lots of that aspect comes mm-hmm. from this and... I guess just generalizing and labeling people in general. It can be a very dangerous game. Um, best to say, get to know people. Be careful all the time. Yeah. You know, people are bad. Be weird. Uh, yeah. I was listening, I've been listening to a lot of true crime recently, <laughs> of course. Classic. Um, and I was listening to an episode today, and it was this guy killed like a couple people. Um, and, you know, you, you think at first, right away uh that's terrible blah, blah blah you know how could you ever do that and they shared some letters that this guy wrote uh, to somebody and again i mean it's not any different like, this guy's a terrible person killed people like deserves whatever but it's just like oh wait that's a that's just a person you know what i mean and they had like some like like slang that they use you know that's kind of just like you know like i say stuff like that and like it, you know it's kind of it's just kind of yeah. weird because like oh that becomes as a person now like that could be my neighbor and it's kind of interesting just because it's like, it's so easy to go, oh, big bad person. And then it's so weird. The realization when you're, wait, that's a person. Like, that's an actual human. It just is really weird. Yeah. Part of that, too, goes into positive illusions of something we want to be true. So we let ourselves think it's true. Right. Like, oh, that could never be. Yeah. That would never happen in my yeah. town. You know, that would never happen to my parents or brother yeah. or whatever. Um, and that's such a dangerous game to play on the opposite side you know mm-hmm. one is not allowing um any criminals to ever do better by just labeling right. them a criminal and on the flip side you're allowing some criminals to do anything they want by thinking they're a good person yeah um so it's a tough battle. just just stay safe with everybody you know yeah don't give out personal information for no reason don't tell people where you live if you don't know people, don't give them rides home. You know, like, yeah, some of those things are okay, but don't say, oh, I won't give the felon a ride home, but I'll give this weird guy at work a ride home because he isn't a felon. Right. You know it's what I mean? Like, it's, just, it, yeah. it's not going to go much better. Just have your same standards for everybody, I guess. Uh, there's a f- phrase, it's like a true crime podcast, they always say it, but it's kind of good, though, because they go, like, uh, it's like something like stay stay something stay stay rude stay weird you know something that's like it's like stays 
stay weird, stay stay. stay it's safe. a crime junk. You guys don't crime junkies, but it, it's kind of it's like stay weird, stay <laughs> stay rude, stay weird, stay something like that. It's kind of it's kind of makes sense too, because it's like, you know, maybe it is weird for me not to talk to this random guy outside. It just feels like rude, but you know, maybe it's my life. Yeah, you know what I mean. My life could yeah. be in that guy's. You know, I don't know. So I, that's an interesting thing. But I think the biggest biggest thing I fall into is you know, that that could never happen in my town. You know, I'm a very guilty of that. And I do that all the time, and it's hard to. And we do live in a very small town where nothing happens. Yeah, but then you know, <laughs> until tomorrow when something does, yeah. and that's that's the hard part. Because again, true crime, it's all the time. Like oh, in the small town, nobody ever thought anything, blah 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 blah. Right. And then it's like, well, I live in a town just like that, but. Mine's different. It can never yeah. happen there. And there is a healthy, I mean, don't be afraid to go outside right. your house because, you know, you're going to get kidnapped by a serial killer. It's not going to happen, yeah. you know. But yeah. if someone invites you to take a ride in their car for free candy, say, like, there's, there's, right. a, there's an objective definitely. standard of if I practice my safety, I can live my life and be okay. Yeah. Is it always true? No. Is it one in a hundred million people? Yes. So live your life, but just be smart. Yeah, be smart. Don't be dumb. Don't do bad research either. <laughs> and know what you're talking about on podcasts, even though we probably don't. Should have probably read up on this book a little bit. It is 500 pages. See, I had the good. Ex- uh, <laughs> I had the good excuse of like, oh, well, I don't know anything about it, so it'd be good for me not to know and do to know. So I got the good excuse I didn't have to do any research. All right, are yeah, we good? Uh, anything else you want to touch on? Um, if you guys are interested in this and you want a better story than I gave, but you don't want to read a 500 page book, there is a movie. The movie is pretty decent. Um, What's it called? I believe it's called Stanford Prison Experiment, but I'm going to look it up. Directed by the same guy that did these movies. Yeah, <laughs> right. Zimbardo did it. He's looking for more money. He's <laughs> looking it up. Um, okay. It is just called The Stanford Prison Experiment from 2015. Huh. It is. On Tubi TV for free with ads, so I'm gonna yeah. go watch that. Um, it is rated R, so don't watch it if you're a kid. Yeah, don't watch rated R movies. Biggest piece of advice I could ever. <laughs> if you're a kid, do not watch rated R. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that about does it for us today. Um, thanks again for listening, guys. Catch us mostly everywhere where you catch your podcast. We're st- I'm still working on getting the final couple of uh places up but it should be pretty easy and once they're there they'll all be there and um yeah so thanks for listening we appreciate it please listen more share with your friends we'd love for this podcast to go out so we can you know keep giving you guys episodes and we like to do it so yeah all right thanks guys appreciate it